What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Please, if you haven't already, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the like button, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications, you know, when the live stream pops or your drops. Appreciate it coming back. Also, share this out, too. So, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be, right? You know, it could be 30 minutes, 40 minutes, could be 25 minutes, right? And I know I'm going to get the replies. It's week one, right? You can't you can't freak out about certain things, right? That, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I've been a Giant fan for a while now. Like, I started watching games in 2011, more so 2016 on. That might have to be the worst Giants game I've ever watched. And the whole process of the shit that took place after that, you know, stuff I won't get into. It's just like the nightmare continued on. Like, for me going to college and stuff like that, and you know, the you know, the transit system. But it's just like that nightmare. It, it just still doesn't feel like it's real. The Giants got their ass beat 40 to nothing. And I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and say, oh, well, this excuse, that excuse. No, 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 no. We're going to go here, and we're going to rip players. We're going to rip coaches. We're going to rip people if have to be. Because guess what? This is no censored podcast. We do what we do best here, and that's tell the truth. Right? We break it down. We do all the good stuff. And we go over the bad, of course. We analyze the bad. You could sit here and tell me, okay, the Giants lost. I predicted the Giants to lose. So that's not a shocker to me. If it was my last second field goal, okay. All right, so it's a last second field goal. You go in next week, and you feel good about yourself. That you were in the game. You could give that excuse, right? But my God, did the New York Giants absolutely get backed in the corner and were absolutely obliterated? And don't give me this nonsense of, oh, the Cowboys are a contender. I'll give Tom Ryle credit. We had on for the, the show um, to preview the Cowboys game. He said this is the most talented roster he's seen for the Cowboys in a long time. Credit to them. But I thought it was about being in games. I thought it was about sitting here being competitive. I don't give two craps that the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team. I don't give two craps that, you know, they do what they do in the playoffs. We haven't beat them. We have not beat them since 2020. We haven't beat Dak since 2016. I mean, when is it going to show up? And then you look. And I said this in, in you know before when I was doing record predictions. Like, I mean, we faced them middle of the season while we're on a road trip, going to Las Vegas and Washington. I mean, what was the effort there tonight? And we all know what the position is. We all know the main position of concern. If you don't, then we're going to go over it a lot. But, again... There's a lot of problems with this team. Some overinflated. Some just, you know, okay, it's week one. Some that are going to be continual. So I can't sit here and say that, you know, the Giants are still... I'm going to say it right now. You guys disagree with me, whatever. I don't think the Giants are going to get 10 wins anymore. I get it. Listen, if they lost week one in a competitive manner, I could live with that. But 40 to nothing on national television... Complete embarrassment. Embarrassment. 
And we were trying to tell ourselves, you know, we closed the gap with the Eagles. We closed the gap with some of these other teams, right? You know, the Cowboys. We're closing the gap with a weaker NFC. Because guess what, folks? If this is the route the Giants are going to go, we're getting our ass beat week three. We may not win week two. And I know I'm being pessimistic right now, but I'm feeling very down. And it's a day and a half after everything has transpired. And it all really starts with coaching to an aspect. It starts with players too. Some form of evaluation with the GM. And I'm not calling for heads. Like last year, was it? No, it wasn't last year. 2021. I was a couple weeks in calling for heads. I'm not going to do that right now because I want to see how these games play out. And I feel like the Giants are a better team than they showcased on Sunday night. But my God, man. You cannot possibly come out this fucking flat. Let's go into the stats because I'm just delaying the inevitable, right? So, passing game, Dak Prescott, 13-24, 143 yards. Cooper Rush 0 for 1. Daniel Jones, 15-28, 104 yards, 2 interceptions. Tyra Taylor, 2-2 two two for 6 yards. Tony Pollard, 14 carries, 70 yards. That's 2 touchdowns, 5 yards per carry. Rico Dodal, 6 carries, 24 yards. And then uh, Devontae Turpin had three carries for 14 yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley, 12 carries, 51 yards. Daniel Jones had 13 carries for 43 yards. So the Giants got 108 rushing yards and 122 for Dallas. Leading receiver, C.D. Lamb, four receptions, 77 yards. Two receptions, 22 yards for Brandon Cooks. Darren Waller, three receptions, 36 yards. Isaiah Hodges, one reception for 24. That ended up being a fumble. Um, not much else there. You look at fumbles, Pollard fumbled one, but it was recovered by Tyler Briotish. Daniel Jones had two fumbles, and he recovered both of them. Isaiah Hodgins had a fumble, it was recovered by Israel Mukwamu. Uh, Matt Breed had a fumble, but it was recovered by the Giants. Uh, Paris Campbell had a fumble, recovered by the Giants. So, ball security, let's just say, wasn't the Giants' best thing. You know, it wasn't their best asset. Nonetheless. Dallas defensive side, key players. Marquise Bell was the leading tackler. He was all over the field. So um, him being an X-factor, again, Tom Ryle, he, he, had a, he hit the nail on the head right there. Tackle for loss, um, Osa Digizua, three quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, and two sacks. Dorrance Armstrong, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two quarterback hits. Deron Bland had a tackle for loss, quarterback hit. An interception that turned into a touchdown. Micah Parsons, a quarterback hit, a tackle for a loss. Actually, two quarterback hits, intercept, uh, not interception, sack. Chauncey Golston, sack, quarterback hit. Mozzie Smith, a tackle for a loss. Demarcus Lawrence, a tackle for a loss, a quarterback hit, and a sack. Um, then Dante Fowler had two pass deflections and two quarterback hits, which totals out to seven sacks, 10 tackles for a loss, and 12 quarterback hits. Now, what did the Giants do defensively? Micah McFadden was the leading tackler, one tackle for a loss. Um, Jordan Riley had a tackle for a loss. And two pass deflections for Deontay Banks. And Jihad Ward had a quarterback hit. Dexter Lawrence had two quarterback hits. That was pretty much that. So no sacks, three quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss. So let's, let's start with the offense here because the Giants put up zero points. None. Zero. There are so many glaring issues and it's not even funny and i'm gonna fucking start right here right i'm gonna get into daniel jones i'll get into everybody else 
how in the world the Giants really thought. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go here. A lot of people won't. I'll go here. How the Giants really thought a three man guard rotation in the preseason was actually something that's productive. I don't really know how that is productive. You're cross-training, fine. Cross-training with the other teams. Because guess what? Mark Lewinsky, and this goes beyond, beyond the rotations. I don't know what it is, but Mark Lewinsky and Evan Neal do not trust each other. Don't give a shit what you throw at me right now. Those two do not trust each other. I would have to argue there was a few sacks, and Daniel got sacked seven times. I would argue that most of the sacks, if not a good portion of them, came from stunts or almost stunts where Evan Neal would pass it off or there would be a lack of passing off. What is it going to take for this O-line to gel? What is it going to take for the New York Giants fans to see solid, competent play? I'm not asking for you to be top 10, top 5 in pass protection. I literally said it. Pre-game, preview, go out there, block at a solid level. You don't have to be Pro Bowl. Evan Neal, he's becoming a big question. And also, I must say this, Adam as well, Mark Lewinsky at least was a solid pass protector. Not great, but solid pass protector over in Indy. Don't know what happened, so... You either attribute that to the player, the scheme, the coach. Because it's it's getting to that point right now. It really is. And I got to call this into question. Yes, I'm going there. And I will be fine with, like, JMS. Not that I was good with his play. But the reason I'm fine with him is, like, he's a guy. He's a rookie. He's going to go through the struggles. But the problem is who he's facing to his right. That's Mark Lewinsky. So. But. Bredesen didn't play great. Um, Thomas played well. He got hurt. So there's a hamstring injury. I think we'll find out more on Wednesday. Which that could potentially wreck the season. Like that could be. One of the nails in the coffin. I'm telling you guys right now. Because we were so. We were pushed in the face about how Matt Pear, how we shouldn't be overreacting, and Matt Parrott's like this good swing tackle. He got hurt, unfortunately. He got hurt. I mean, I'm not rooting for it, but he got hurt. And Josh Azudu came in. I don't know how he played a tackle, but. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, after 40 nothing, I turned it off. It takes a lot for me to turn a game off, it really does. But this was the worst Giants loss I have felt in a very long time. And it just, it just got to that level. So let me go back. Actually, we'll pull out some O-line stats, right? 17 pressures, 4 out of 7 sacks came from the right side. Evan Neal, 3 sacks. Excuse me. Evan Neal, 1 sack, 8 pressures. 9 pressures for Glowinski, 3 sacks. Glowinski gave up 5 sacks the entire 2022 season. And he played all the games. So you're telling me, you know, obviously factor in the pressures on any, you know, however many he had. And, uh, you know, three sacks, that's what, 60-something percent, 50-something percent of what you had last year? I mean, year after year after year, the Giants, for some reason, can't get it together with the O-line. 
And to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to get any better. Like, we could talk about maybe Brent Bredesen has a bad day or JMS, you know, he's going to get better. I don't have confidence in the two right offensive linemen. I don't. Because you know what? Evan Neal is a character. Good hard worker. But you know what? It's got to show up on the field. He said, you know, he felt destroyed. You know, all these other comments that were made post-game. My guy, you said similar things last year. And my thing is this. This goes on coaching, too. How are you going to sit there and let his footwork be that terrible? Like, he's not even taking two steps. That's the bad part. And we need this second-year jump from Evan Neal. We do, because guess what? He's got to solidify himself as a part of this offensive line for the future. We all assumed he would, but apparently those assumptions are wrong. And it's just like, it's so complicated. It really is. He's the seventh overall pick. So automatically at that level, Evan Neal was one of the best tackles in the class. He's got to be something at like Ryan Ramchek level. But to the point of like, he's not even at solid tackle level. It hurts. It does because we all wanted to see this guy drafted. We all had big expectations. Year two, he's going to turn it around. Where? Where do, where do we see that? Because we could sit here and say, okay, if he you know has a good week next week, good. I want to see more. Because that's not the only defensive line you're facing. And it's not going to be Arizona for the next 17, 16 weeks. You got San Francisco. Pretty hefty team right there. Pretty hefty defensive line. You got Seattle, solid defense. You got, let's see, week five, Miami. Jalen Phillips is going to be on his ass. Week six, Leonard Floyd and some of the other guys. And then it just keeps going. Wait until we face the Jets. Yeah, they won by a kickoff, uh, excuse me, a punt return touchdown. But they have an increasingly stacked D-line. We don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but you know, if that defense is in the game and we can't block to save our lives, you got to experience other options. Like, if I'm going to sit here and throw the ultimate overreaction out, folks, what I'm going to say is this. Left tackle Andrew Thomas, assuming he's not hurt. Left guard, Ben Bredesen, center John Michael Schmitz, Evan Neal, right guard, Josh Azuda, right tackle. Or you bring somebody in. It depends what the Giants want to do, but they have to do something. They have to do something. It's not good. It's not good. Because Glow, he's definitely getting cut after this year. Like, I'm seeing that full through and through. And the Giants might have to go in the first, second round next year, get a guard. Or maybe sign a free agent. That's just my opinion, right? But Evan Neal, you got to find a way to salvage this. The Giants and him included. The coaching, too. you got to find a way to salvage. Because if he's out as a bust... People are going to compare him to Eric Flowers. People are going to compare him to Will Beatty and all these other different guys that played for us. And you don't want those comparisons. You like the player as a character. But on the field, he played like Basura on Sunday. And the Giants didn't move Eric Flowers to guard. He actually played well in his career at guard, decent level. But if he's an average to you know, solid guard, move Evan Neal to guard. Because he ain't got... The, now, the anchor, I think he's got an anchor. But he don't got the footwork. He don't got the foot speed. He's not an a- athlete like Andrew Thomas. 
That's why I say maybe put a Zudu at right tackle. I'm throwing ideas out. I know. But a Zudu, if he gets his hand usage intact, maybe he could be right tackle. Again, because you don't need 100% protection 100% of the time. But he's got the foot speed. He's got the foot speed. His footwork is awesome. So just something to think about. And you know what? Here's the thing, too. The Giants need to, they need to find some, some offensive tackle. They need to get Tyree Phillips off the Eagles practice squad. They need to find something. Because I'm not going to sit here and deal with Jalen Thomas on the practice squad or this, that, and the other thing. This is literally what I was afraid of. It's literally what I was afraid of. Andrew Thomas getting injured. You are, and I said this, you are one Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal injured away from throwing in Matt Pair. I don't know how Matt Pair played. I'm going to be honest. Once again, shut the game off. Takes a lot of balls for me to do that. But I bet you he didn't play good enough. Bet you didn't play, he didn't play good enough. People want to sit here and say, oh, you know, it was only one preseason game that he was bad. Well, he was, he was excessively bad all preseason. I don't want to hear these excuses. Oh, you can't find a, a depth tackle in this league. You know, it's very hard. Boo-hoo. Guess what? 31 other teams have to deal with it, too. So. Offensive line? <sighs> Terrible. Terrible. And I don't want to hear no wide receiver trades, none of this, that, and the other thing, if you ain't sturdy up the line. Like, none of those trade offers, none of that crap. Don't give me this T. Higgins, this Devontae Adams stuff. No, no, no. And I'm not excusing Daniel Jones, because he made a couple of bad decisions. He had open plays to where, you know, he could have made throws. And yes, you could say the O-line impacted him, but he has to make those throws. I think it was like six big plays left on the field. That second interception was awful. Throw that away, man. But, and you guys know that, like, I'm not trying to defend anybody. I'm not. I'm on here, giving my honest take. Daniel Jones played like shit. The wide receivers, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins fumbled. Game didn't matter at that point. It's going to be a mess. If they cannot somewhat salvage this O-line, fuck the aspect of Jalen Hyatt being on the field. Fuck the aspect of Darren Waller being on the field. Because no quarterback could survive that. I think, what was it? Six sacks for Arizona's defense against Washington's O-line. And they rebuilt that a little bit. They got rid of Chase Roulier. Nick Gates is in there. There's a couple other guys. So if they did that to their offensive line, imagine what they'll do to ours. And they don't have, like, these household names. Dennis Gardeck, linebacker. Some of these other guys. Get your shit together for next week. Seriously. Or else there's going to need – there seriously will need to be some changes. And I'm, I will call for heads. I'm not joking. Like, I'm not going to sit here and blame Mike Kafka. Maybe there was a couple of stupid play calls. But how can you sit there and say, okay, I'm going to scheme around this offensive line that's literally putting pressure in Daniel Jones' face every single motherfucking time? Again, the coach I will go at is Bobby Johnson. Because how are these players not getting better? People mention on Twitter, and I'm not going to say that they know more than the coach. Andrew Thomas, he was already all pro under Rob Sale and Joe Judge. Bredesen, he got a little bit better. Zudu, hand placement, still an issue. JMS, we'll see what happens with him. Glow, he has sunk. 
and Evan Neal. I argue he was worse than last year, let alone in that performance. So you know what? Call me overreacting, whatever. I'd like to debate you. Figure it the fuck out. Figure it the fuck out. That's what I'll say. I don't hear this nonsense about depth in the old line, stuff like that. Nonsense. Enough. Go do something. So, just a little thing on Daniel Jones. Stats-wise, 15-28, 3 yards per throw, 104 yards. I mean, he couldn't operate. He couldn't operate behind that O-line, but he made some stupid decisions as himself. I have to go back and watch Talking Giants. They put uh, six plays he left on the field. That interception was completely stupid. I think one of the two sat, one of the seven sacks he surrendered, uh, he could have just thrown it away. But, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's like, I can't really criticize. I can, trust me, and I have been. Daniel Jones played like crap. But I can't really fully criticize him other than the six plays and the interception until I see at least solid pass blocking. If they're solid enough and Daniel is time, he's not looking at open reads, then I'll say, Daniel, what the, what the hell are you doing? You got a big payday and you're robbing the Giants? So that's the problem. That's the problem. Have some conversations this week with your starting O-line. As far as Barkley goes and all that stuff, I mean, the first quarter was a total momentum switch. Um, we all know, obviously, the block field. It really started with the Andrew Thomas false start. Then there was the botch snap by JMS. Then you have the, I mean, Zudu could not block on specials. So there's that, you know. Simple routines, which is another guy. I don't get how Thomas McGahee still has a job. I'm glad he's so well-respected. You know, I bet Brian Cashman is well-respected in the MLB, too. Doesn't mean he's good at his job, right? You can have a lot of people at your job that respect you. Doesn't mean you're a good leader. Doesn't mean you're a good leader of men. So I don't get why he's not gone. And I'm not going to go into special teams too much because there's no point. I mean, it's the same nonsense garbage all over again. It really is. It really is. I knew it. Once the, I, I saw people coming up and around when Noah Igbenogany picked it up, I said, this is, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a touchdown. This is going to be a touchdown. This is going to be going to the house whatever they make to kick, and all the momentum down from there. Because guess what the Cowboys did? They looked at the offense and said, they're just going to run it with Saquon. And when they didn't, they read the bootlegs. They read the play action. They read the stuff that was going to get Daniel Jones moving and out of the pocket. And guess what? They covered that. They covered that real well. So, figure it the fuck out is like going to be one of the, the main things I say through this entire show. So, I thought they should have stayed with the run for a little bit of the portion of the game. But, like, you could have done that at 6 nothing, But it's so revisionist history because momentum just swayed a different way. And, like, what would it have done? What would it have done? Unbelievable. And I'm going to criticize Brian Dable for this. Why the hell was Daniel Jones in that game so late? They took out Barkley. Andrew Thomas was hurt. All these different guys. They're off the field. Daniel Jones is not off the field. Why is it the lo- the two last fucking coaches, Brian Dable and Joe Judge, they don't know how to take a quarterback out of it. They don't know how to take Daniel Jones out of a game. Why? Why is that? 
He was late. He was in this game till late, and then they put Tyrod in finally. And then he was in the game when they had Corey Cunningham at right tackle against the Rams two years ago. And then I will respect Brian Dable for the aspect of he did say some solid things. Not that it will equate to anything, or maybe I don't know. But he did say some solid things in the post-presser the next two days. I will criticize him for this answer. Oh, we're going to try to give a spark. 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 40 to nothing, you're down. Who gives a shit about a spark? Play your backups. Game's over. I don't give a two craps if somebody comes up and tells me, you know, this is a no-quit mentality. I know that Daniel Jones, yeah, he's got this chance. He's got this chance of getting hurt in the regular season and, you know, uh, against, like, real players and stuff like that in real time when games do matter. I get that. So you can make that argument, but, like, the argument does not stand. Daniel Jones, with... The backups of the backups for Dallas against our O-line, they were still trenching us. They were still sacking us. Daniel Jones was still taking hits. Like, that might be one of the worst decisions. And God forbid, thank God, he's not hurt. But if you sit here and lose your starting quarterback for a number of weeks, your season is derailed. Look what happened to the Jets right now. It looks like Zach Wilson will be the starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, they won against Buffalo. But what's that going to do for the rest of the season? They can't depend on the defense 100% of the time. So imagine if that happened with the Giants. I don't care about this no-quit mentality. Stop with the fucking homerism. Like, it just boggles my mind. Get out of the coach's shoes, meaning Dable, or who anyone else who decides to defend him. Why is he in the game that late? Please tell me. Unbelievable. Anyway. I want to talk about the defense just a tad. I don't think they did that bad. I really don't. Like, they were put in constant bad positions. Their average defensive star was at the 35-yard line in terms of Dallas, uh, you know, starting at their own 35. Where am I going to get mad and where am I going to stay safe? And where am I going to not rip players? So, Deontay Banks, he hurt his hamstring. He is fine as right now. No major injuries there. Trey Hawkins, um, you know, he struggled a little bit, whatever. So, uh, the totals right now, Trey Hawkins allowed a completion um, and also had the flag. Deontay Banks had two attempts on him, had a flag, and no catches. So, I'm going to sit here and actually say, I don't think the rookie corners did bad. I really don't. Given the defensive situation that they were put in for most of the time with the turnovers and all the garbage, I thought the defense played well, right? You take away the pick six, which is seven. You take away... I don't know. What was it? Another seven because I think it was the interception that Daniel Jones threw. So you take another seven away. That's 14. You take away six. Seven plus seven plus six. That's 20 points. The defense, in reality, in reality, only gave up 20 points. That's what you think about. Where am I going to get mad at this defense? I'll tell you where I get mad. Jordan Riley made a nice tackle for loss in the first quarter. Great. Dexter Lawrence. Two quarterback hits, two quarterback pressures. Ladies and gentlemen, where are our edge players? Where are our big impact players? Chuma Adoga was the starting left guard for the Dallas Cowboys. He's not some, oh, Travis Fedrick, you know, Zach Martin, all pro player. No, he's a fucking scrub. Ask Jet fans what they thought of him. He was a bust, okay? He was a mid-round bust. They could not... 
do anything with him. Dallas picks him up. He plays solid. I want to know where Leonard Williams is at. I'm going to go after him. $35 million a fucking year. I would expect a sack. I would expect a quarterback hit. Maybe a quarterback pressure. But you're telling me you don't have the strength, you don't have the get-off to get back there? The secondary wasn't that horrible. I get it, they were put in a tough situation. But literally, I said this all night long. I said it beforehand. The rush has to get there to help the rookie corners. I thought the penalty on Trey Hawkins was bullshit, by the way. But the NFL, they'll do what they do. Brandon Cooks, he knows the game. He knows how to sell. Okay? It's just going to go like that. Where are Kayvon and Aziz, too? Aziz made a few nice tackles in the running game. But I don't want to see these fucking, oh, you know, he made this tackle. And he uh, he made this swipe. And he made this with the hand usage. Dude. Ojolari, third-year player. Kayvon, fifth overall pick last year. Where are these guys? They're supposed to be big impact players, and we did not see that on the field. Didn't see it on the field. We didn't get to Dak fucking once. We had three quarterback hits, one by a rotational player and two by an all-pro. So let's put it to you this way, folks. Again, I said this in the offseason. The Giants are only coming in with two edge players, which is, well, two edge players and two run defenders, if you want to consider that an edge room. And then behind them, you got Taman Fox, no Shane Zimino's on practice squad. But I literally said this. I literally said this in the offseason. And I'm not trying to be right. Focus on the edge. Even if Aziz and Kayvon show up, sometimes they don't show up. Aziz might be injured some of the time. So, can we only attack the Commanders and Bears O-lines? When we attack the Eagles O-line, what was it? Week 14, week 15, we got, their ass, we got our ass beat. It was all garbage time. It didn't, nobody cares. Nobody cares about those sacks. These two players extremely disappointed me, especially and Leonard Williams too. Because for so many years now, three straight games, three, right? Three straight games. The Giants haven't had a sack on Dak since Joe Judge. That was Aziz and Quincy Roche on a blitz. I believe that's the last time the Giants planted a sack on Dak. They didn't get to Cooper Rush. In week three, they didn't get to him at all on Thanksgiving. And I'm supposed to believe that Kayvon's going to take this next step. I'm supposed to believe that Aziz is going to take this next step. The reason you have these guys, the reason they're in the game is to make a big impact. And I'm not saying a big impact in a meaningless game or against the Cardinals. No, motherfucker. We've been waiting for years for edge rushers of ours to show up in big games against big-time rivals, against big-time teams right Dallas Philadelphia no pressure whatsoever if it was Quincy Roche I'd say okay give him give him pass he's a rotational player whatever you want to show these little film highlights and these hand swipes whatever Kayvon's the fifth fucking overall pick I'm not calling him a bust I'm not but what you have right now is Dexter Lawrence Leonard Williams who Enough with the dirty work excuses because he couldn't even do anything against Chuma Doga. 35 motherfucking million dollars that the Giants won't do anything with. 
whatever that reason is, I'm not going to get into it. And two unproven edge rushers. Two unproven edge rushers. But we're supposed to face a good old line and Dallas again and the Eagles and the 49ers. We're supposed to get to the quarterback. Imagine when our defense is actually on the field. Not because of an offensive bullcrap, like a play or an interception. Like a 25-yard line start for the opposing team. I wonder what the defense is going to do then. In terms of the front. Right? Is is Trey Hawkins going to struggle mightily? Is Deontay Banks going to struggle mightily because they don't get pressure up front? Someone needs to fix something, man. Because... We could sit here and say it's one game for certain issues, but other issues, it's glaring. It really is. So, that's my little rant on the defense. Partially, I thought most of the time they did well. They really gave up 20 points, in my opinion. We split that in half. I mean, it's just so disgusting to think about, man. Um, it's I'm, I'm fucking frustrated, guys. It's a day and a half afterwards. It's a day and a half afterwards. And I'm still complaining about this because, again, you lost. Fine, whatever. But you fucking lost like this? Come on, man. And again, it just goes back. Where's the coaching? Where's the co- Adoree didn't have a good night. He had like uh, five receptions given up on seven targets. But it all goes back to the coaching, man. It really does. And I'm not going to blame, and I know this is selective, I'm not going to blame Wink, Andre Patterson, or Drew Wilkins. Uh, for the Kayvon and Aziz stuff. I'm really not. Because you know what? Dexter Lawrence, they put him in the right position last year. And he's an all-pro. And he's still wrecking uh, offensive linemen to this day. He can't do it alone, unfortunately. He can't do it alone. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and rip somebody right here. Because you know what? I'm tired of this nonsense. <sighs> A much very needed signing in the offseason was Joaquin Nunez Roches. To see him celebrating after every single tackle he made is fucking pathetic. It's pathetic. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad player, this, that, and the other thing. No. But you know what? Dude, you're down by 30. You're down by 20. You're down by 16. You're down by 40. Get a fucking clue, bro. Your team is getting their ass beaten. You're celebrating after one play. You're on a one-year contract. You're basically... A fucking nobody in this league. You're a backup. I just hate that shit. If it was Saquon, if it was Waller, if it was some of these other guys, I'd give credit. Waller and Thomas and a couple other guys took accountability after the game in the presser. But man, like, get a clue, bro. Most teams would bench their players after that. And I'm not calling Dable to say, oh, you got to bench him and this, that, and the other thing. No, I'm making a point. I'm making a fucking point. You cannot be celebrating down 40. Unreal, man. That's like, again, last point of the where is the coaching thing, because I want to revert back to that after my little tangent here. Um, so, Bobby Johnson, you're on my watch list again. Thomas McGahee, you're on my watch list. And Dable, if the Giants get blown out this season again, I ain't going to sit here and stand for this shit. Of Daniel Jones being left in the game. I don't care if he's thrown four interceptions in the game. I don't care if he's thrown four touchdowns in the game. And for some reason, we're still getting our ass beat. You cannot leave him in the game. You can't. Because you know what? Tyrod ain't good enough. Tyrod ain't good enough. We saw him in a couple scenarios. 
So, you know what? Let's go to snap counts. I'll get my final thoughts in. Snap counts. 100% of snaps. Glowinski, Schmitz, uh, Evan Neal, Ben Bredesen, 96%. Daniel Jones, 76%. Andrew Thomas, 67%. Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, 64% for Saquon Barkley, 63% for Daniel Bellinger, 60% for Isaiah Hodgins, 54% for Darren Waller, 36% for Jalen Hyatt. 29% for Lawrence Cager, Matt Breida, 23%, 20% for Azudu, same goes for Sterling Shepard, 16% for Gary Brightwell, 6% for Matt Pair, 4% for Tyrod Taylor. Defense, Jason Pinnock, Xavier McKinney, Bobby O'Karake played 100%, Dory Jackson, 91%, 88% for Trey Hawkins, uh, Micah McFadden, 74%, 72% for Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, 64%. Uh, 55% for Leo Williams and Azizo Jolari, Rakim Nunez-Roches, 47%, Jihad Ward, 45%, 43% for Deontay Banks, 34% for Aaron, uh, sorry, not Aaron Robinson, Ashawn Robinson, uh, 33% for Nick McLeod, 29% for Jordan Riley, 26% for Carlos Basham and Isaiah Simmons, 10% for Dane Belton, 7% for Darnay Holmes. What I will say is this, and I want to end it off here because I've been rambling, I've been doing a lot of other shit this podcast. There's a lot of issues that came out talent-wise with this team. We obviously have not closed the gap. I'm going to sit here and say that the Giants may actually not make the playoffs this year. I'm going to go as, as far to say that because you got to win in division, man. You really do. And if this is, this is what it's going to come out to be every time we play the Cowboys and Eagles, fuck the Commanders. Like, seriously. I don't care that they almost lost the Cardinals, whatever. And if we beat them twice, we beat them twice, whatever. If we beat them once, we beat them once. But... Like, I don't want to sit here at the bottom of the basement again. I don't. And I, uh, listen, maybe Giant fans and maybe the organization sold us on the Darren Waller thing and like, okay, we're going to be at least a playoff team this year. Somehow in the back of my mind, I didn't think that was going to be a thing because there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of X factors. And then the always expectation should be get farther than you were last year. We went and we won a playoff game. Fine. I love that. But man, if you're going to sit there in the first round and get crushed by the Eagles again, what is it going to take? What is it going to take? And it all starts individually with issues. Brian Dable and the Daniel Jones thing, he's got to learn his lesson. He really does. Um... Not that Daniel Jones got injured, but again, he was getting hit from all over the place. But two magnifications. Two magnifications. The O-line, whether it's personnel, coaching, whatnot. Start making changes sometime soon. If they shit the bed versus Arizona, you got to start making changes. I'm, 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 I'm nonsense no more. I'm done. I'm done. This is a year the Giants were supposed to take a step up or at least be at the same level, and it doesn't look like they're going to do that. Maybe maybe I'm, being, maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but I'm giving it to you guys real. And you guys know I don't overreact to crap. I always try to be calm, but this is ridiculous. Special teams? I mean, you literally look at the Jets and Giants game. Special teams made an absolute fucking difference. Special teams put the momentum in a losing way, but there's a lot of other issues I just went over. No, Ignogany. Block, kick, touchdown. And guess what? Xavier Gibson. Punt return, touchdown. When can we get good punt returns again? 
Unbelievable, man. I'm done talking. Like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or your drops. Appreciate all coming back. As I said, guys, I apologize for all my pessimism and all this other nonsense, but this team better turn it around. I did not wait through baseball season and some of these other things to talk up the Giants to, for them to sit here on Sunday Night Football and fucking just shit the bed. Seriously. I love this team. I do. But you know what? When we got to be real, we got to be real. We got to be factual. We got factual. I'm done. Like, seriously. I I'm done. Like, you don't, you don't go out there on Sunday Night Football. You lose, you lose. Fine. You don't get blown out by 40. Because I will say this. One more thing. One more thing for you guys. This is in my bookmarks. The Giants did all this in one game, and it hasn't been done in an NFL season. Lost 40 to nothing or worse. Lost the sack battle 7, or nothing, seven to nothing or worse. Lost a turnover battle 3 to nothing or worse. Had a block field goal, returned for a touchdown, and threw a pick 6. No NFL team has done that in a season, but the Giants did it in one game. Figure it out. We'll see you for the Cardinals preview pod. Also, Thursday Night Football we'll be doing this week. Appreciate you guys. Still go Big Blue, but this team has made me infuriated. Peace out. See you later.